Welcome back, everybody. We are the Honolulu Blues Show. As always, I am your host with my boy Nick and Julius. And boys, I like it. We're all on point with some Detroit wear. I know sometimes we'll have, you know, some Sparty, some Michigan, but we got Nick repping the captain Red Wings. Let me try to guess. Is it Larkin? No, it's Zeddy. Is it who is it? The Iserman? Zetterberg. Zetterberg. There's so many. There's so many. Julius All great. classic Detroit Lions, Tiana Likens. Uh, boys, we got a lot of news today, and not just like Lions news, more just NFL news that impacts the Lions. So we got a lot to talk about. We are going to be talking defensive linemen and linebacker free agents. We'll be talking about Aaron Rodgers and all his shenanigans, the Russell Wilson trade, and all that good stuff. So, boys, let's just dive right into this news. Aaron Rodgers... Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, it's not going to happen. If Aaron Rodgers says in two years, I'm leaving the Packers to go to Jeopardy, I am not believing it at all. And this is the final straw because he had me for a sliver. Uh, just that once he made that stupid Instagram post, I was like, maybe he's gone. Maybe he really is gone. But maybe no, this is it. Yeah. He's, a, he's a media just head case who just loves it all. And... He's going to be a Packer for life. It's unfortunate, isn't it? <laughs> like, to be all honest, we all, I mean, there was, there was uh, a little bit, yeah, man. I, I was like, Rodgers isn't coming back. He's back. Four years, Aaron Rodgers. It's, I'm not too nervous, though, because honestly, I believe in well, Dan. Aaron Rodgers, yet. So. There's still no oh, negotiation. It was agreed to terms, though, right? And I think that was I'm the sure specification. Like that, but, and, but. and he did say he's going to be year to year from here. Now, we're going to get this. He's he's a drama queen. Like, he is a drama queen. And he wants all the attention all the, all the time. And he is going to do this every single year, right up until franchise tag deadline, every single year. Like, this is just going to happen. It's going to be continuous. I hate Aaron Rodgers with a passion. This is why I said I did not want him to be a Detroit Lion, even if he would have left. I hate Aaron Rodgers, so I don't really care about him. Yeah, man, my hate for Aaron Rodgers has doubled. It's <laughs> this guy, man. Julius, I know you despise the Bears a lot, so is Aaron Rodgers far and above the despise for Bears? Because I think it's he's past, past it for me. <laughs> Listen, uh, personally – I hate no. Let me not say that. I don't. I don't hate Aaron Rodgers. I do not hate anybody. But I highly dislike the man <laughs> for what he does against my team on the field. Nothing off the field, you know. All that off the field stuff, I kind of filter out, just like every other player. You know, it's more like, what have you done to me? And all he's done to me is break my heart as a Lions fan. So I convinced myself that. He was not coming back to Green Bay. I, the few Packer fans I have, I told them that their lives were over as they knew it, that they should get accustomed to Jordan Love and winning three games for the next decade. Um, but now that's all silly because he's coming back and it looks like it's going to be for like the next three or four years. You know what's funny? My dad made a great point to me today about the Aaron Rodgers saga. And he said, of course this dude's going to play with the media and play with everyone. He tried out to be a Jeopardy host. He was hosting Jeopardy. If you're going to go on 
a TV show while you're in the NFL, you gotta like the spotlight, man. Like there's no way around it. It's so, all money. It's all money. It's all right. It's all of it. Aaron Rodgers got offered a stupid amount of money that's about to reset the quarterback market. It, and because they were like, we this this guy's the MVP. He's our best chance to win a Super Bowl. There's no way we can just let him walk and have Jordan Love and go into the basement for who lo- who knows how long. They knew that. And so they threw him money and he accepted tons of cash. Fifty million a year. He, he saw the Brady trick and was like, I want what that guy's getting. Cause he's like, I got at one ring. They give me MVP even though I don't deserve it half the time. I haven't won in the playoffs since 1961, and he's got one ring. Like, I mean, I guess it's the Lions show. We don't have a bunch of him to talk, but, dude, Aaron Rodgers. Like, he's the most overhyped say, quarterback there is, in my opinion. I will say, if Lions can win the North while Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, I don't care how good or bad he is, while he's just the quarterback of the Packers, boy, that would feel twice as good as just Absolutely. getting a spoon-fed Justin Fields boss, Kirk Cousins boss, Aaron Rodgers gone, NFC North. Yep. I'll take any kind of spoon spoon uh, fed you want to give me. But uh, if he's going to be there, then yeah, hell yeah. It's going to make it double, you know, double sweet, double sweet. So what's happened after this Aaron Rodgers little domino effect was, I'm not sure if this was, you know, a chain reaction to the Russell Wilson trade. George Patton came out and said, oh, no, we had talks with the Broncos for weeks now. But there's no no way this was a little coincidence that after Aaron Rodgers commits the Packers, I can almost guarantee you Seattle knew they kind of put themselves in a hole with trading the two first for Jamal Adams and not having really any first this year and not a whole bright future. And they knew it was Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson has way more going on than Russell Wilson. So they looked at the Broncos and said, you give us your best possible offer. And they knew the Broncos would. And pretty damn good. They got a good offer. That's for sure. Two first, two seconds, uh, I think a fifth, a sixth, Noah Fant, a premier tight end, and Shelby Harris, a solid defensive lineman. So, Julius, let me start with you first. Do you feel like the Lions got ripped off a bit? I mean, it's hard because we're in kind of 2020 hindsight, and at the time it looked like a great trade. But now looking back, it's almost like my greedy paws want to get more for Stafford. I know it seems that way, but I don't. I don't feel that. I don't feel that. Honestly, I'm. I'm happy with what we got for Stafford. I was scared we were going to get less than what we got, and honestly, Russell Wilson has won Super Bowls, been to playoffs multiple years, been to the Pro Bowl multiple years. He's a proven. He's more of a proven commodity than Matthew Stafford, and Seattle got a great deal for him, in my opinion. Shipping him off to Denver because, in my opinion. There's no guarantee that Denver's roster is going to meld and work out with Russell Wilson. It's not like he's Peyton Manning uh, going back to Denver back in 2015. You know, it's, this is not that. This is a Bronco team that struggled in a lot of areas um, of the field. I mean, definitely a quarterback he's going to help, but there's no guarantee. And they got a lot for him. They got a lot. Like Seattle got a lot. Seattle can rebuild their entire makeup with what they got for Russell Wilson. Now they're just another team that needs a quarterback, and Denver is not. The one thing I will say is the Lions 100% set the bar for the quarterback trade market, in which I can guarantee you Seattle constantly referred to that trade and said, ah, 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 Matthew Stafford's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. We have a Super Bowl winning quarterback too. They got two firsts and change. We want more. 
So. We got two first form when he was not even a playoff yeah. winning game quarterback. That's a great, yeah. So of course they, this guy, like I said, Russell Wilson has done it. So that's why he, that's why Seattle got so much. I think Seattle probably end up winning this trade if Denver can't win a Super Bowl with Russell. I Wilson. think so. I think that's what it's likely in the AFC West they play in. It's gonna be tough. <laughs> I think it's. I, it still hurts me that Matthew Stafford wouldn't want a Super Bowl his first year away from us. I get like, you know, I'll be like sitting in my room sometimes and just think about it and be like, man, he couldn't win one playoff game with us and he won the Super Bowl in LA and you knew he was that good. Uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have liked more, but as Julius just said, like he hadn't, Matthew's ever had won a single playoff game. There was so much more leverage for them to negotiate as there is with Russell Wilson, who is single-handedly, you know, taken over games and got them deep in the playoff runs consistently, uh, Super Bowl winner, two-time Super Bowl contender. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm in hindsight, yeah, I wish I would have got more, yeah. but we still wouldn't. But at the time, yeah. You'll, they'll, if you could redo it, you wouldn't change it. So, um, I will say one thing that this was a couple weeks ago. One of my Detroit Lions buddies got me thinking – and he was telling me that he was he was happy that Stafford won the Super Bowl, and not for Stafford winning the Super Bowl. He was said he was happy that the Lions knew, maybe not knew, but the Lions drafted a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And although the Lions didn't, you know, get it done, a lot of fans knew it, and Matthew Stafford knew it. So even though the Lions have a cursed history, we've still kind of made some excellent picks with Calvin Berry, Stafford. I guess probably some more, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, except that means like nothing to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that even hurts me a little bit more that we knew we had Super Bowl winning quarterback and did not know how to build around him. We know how to draft the best running back in the game, but we haven't known how to draft the running back since 1980, 1989. We know how to draft the best receiver in the game, but had to miss on three of them before we got that one and have missed on every other one up until Amonra St. Brown sent him. Like, what are we doing? Like, ah, oh, we're terrible. I, I don't think that. I don't find any comfort in that. Stafford should have never won a Super Bowl with Los Angeles. It wasn't supposed to be like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, we all agree, Nick. Um, but back to the Russell Wilson talk. I mean, I know a lot of you Lions fans are like, oh, Russell, this doesn't impact the Lions. But it does because we play Seattle this year. I don't know when. Could be week one. Could be week 17. But we do play the Seahawks in Seattle. And without Russell Wilson – and I shouldn't say likely Drew Locke because they have pick nine, and I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle went Malik Willis pick nine. That's really what I'm feeling. And so I, I could see a scenario where Malik Willis is a good quarterback his rookie year, just kind of scrambles his way into victories and makes it tough for the Lions. But if Drew Locke is the quarterback when we face him, boy, oh, boy, uh, this, is, this is a game that was kind of chalked up as a loss, if everyone's healthy, that's turned into a very possible win. If Malik Willis goes to Seattle and then beats Detroit, I'm gonna be the most Could you upset go? dude here because I will. That'll probably be on his way to a ten and seven playoff or playoff record with Seattle as the Lions sit with their six and freaking I don't even know whatever anymore six and eleven six and twelve with Jared Goff. I'll be upset. Malik Willis better not beat us if we don't draft him. That, yeah, yeah. There honestly, I think. With the teams that we're facing, I think there's a decent chance that we might face him if we don't 
draft him. So that that'll be that's a good thing to keep an eye on. Um, but moving forward, enough of these quarterback talks. Let's talk some wide receivers because there was a lot of tagging going on today. Uh, Chris Godwin was one of the big ones. Devontae Adams, he was tagged as well. We kind of knew both of these were going to happen. Maybe not so much Chris Godwin, but it did end up happening. Uh, Dalton Schultz, I know you were big on him, Julius, so that double tight end set, set is out the door. So uh, the, the market's starting to slim down. We're starting to see a lot of wide receivers figure out what they're going to do. Another big splash, Lions re-signed Josh Reynolds, two-year, $12 million deal. Now, I know you guys might think that's a decent chunk of change, but if he gets that whole $12 million, he will have earned it because it's a lot incentive-based. Um, it's not just a full, you know, $6 million, $6 million guaranteed type contract. So, Nick, you think this is a good move for the Lions? You think this was a nice, safe deal? Or do you think, you know, we might have should, should have went a different route? No, I'm very happy that we did went this route. Once he joined the Lions, our team instantly got better. And not even just our team, mainly our quarterback. Our quarterback got better. Now, I don't want Josh Reynolds to be our wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three. But if he's competing with Quintez Cephas for wide receiver four and there to fill in for any kind of injury in this elongated season that we have now, he, that's a great like that's that's a great sign. He and Goff has a chemistry like none other until Amonra St. Brown's chemistry kind of showed up there in the latter end of the season. But Reynolds made catch after catch for Goff while Goff was throwing duck after duck. These were amazing catches, and when you look at the throws that Goff was giving him, Reynolds is used to it. He knows how to catch it. This is a great sign. We should have just did this last year to start the start the offseason instead of messing around with Tyrell Williams and Perriman. But this is right now, this is a good sign. I'm very hesitant on Brad Holmes' wide receivers. We've said it before. It could have just been like, a, you know, here, let me get veterans just to put on the field. We're, we're trying to kind of tank this year. But what it did is it set the standard, and right now the standard is piss poor for when it coming when it comes to wide receivers uh, under Brad Holmes. You know, Brad Holmes, Josh Reynolds was a signing by him, and so that's like his one star in my opinion. And we're re-signing that star, so that is good. It's a good start to this season, but we need a lot more wide receiver. I want, I still want to get someone, and I still want to draft someone high in the draft. And then, again, make Reynolds compete with Cephas for wide receiver four and five. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then, Nick, this is a bit of another question for me. Uh, is Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady going to all these super teams or getting traded or leaving for HC or whatever, is this going to start a new wave of you build your team, then you go out and pay up or trade up for an elite proven quarterback? And by that, I mean – would you be okay with the Lions building a league roster, going to get a couple of premier wide receivers, and then trading a 2024 or 2024 first, 2025 first, and like a 2026 first when that time comes for you know whoever the stud, like, whoever the stud is? I, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of stuff will go into it first, I believe, before we before you can you know definitively say. Make, make make such a make hefty such a decision in that. But right. as far as Josh as far Reynolds as Josh is concerned, I am very I pleased am very that they resigned him for a few reasons. One, One he is absolutely, he is absolutely dangerous, dangerous that 
two things. He is very long and tall, and he can win battles in the air, and he is deceptively fast and rangy running those out routes. And golf knows how to use them perfectly. So I love that they signed him. Now, he can't be a number one guy or a number two guy. He's at his best when he's a number three, four, or five option. When he's out there on the field and the other team might not even notice, and boom, he runs a streak and kills it for a 60-yard touchdown. But Allen Robinson is in free agency right now. So I'm just going to throw his name out there. He didn't get tagged. He didn't get extended by the Bears. And I know that's Nick Spring. Yeah. And it's funny that you bring up Allen Robinson because Baker Kent just came out and said that the Lions have their eye on a premier wide receiver. And not sure who it is. It's not Goblin. It's not Adams. Maybe it's Amari Cooper because he's likely going to be cut. That was the new report. But um, all in all, uh, it's going to be someone. And I'm just really hoping it's not like a Christian Kirk type guy. So, uh, Nick, you got any insight on, on any of these big wide receivers that we're looking at? Sorry, it's looking like Nick might have a little technical difficulties here. All right, Julius, uh, you said Alan hey. Can you hear me now? Now we can hear you, Nick. Uh, were, were you hearing us? All right. Sorry about that. I was having some technical issues over there. What did you say? Was was sorry, so we're talking Allen Robinson and or Dave Perkett's tweet that said, Lions are getting to go all in on a premier wide receiver. And by premier wide receiver, this gets me thinking like an Al Robinson, a – I don't know who the big guys are, but there are a couple other names. I know Mike Williams just signed too as well. So it's kind of starting to thin out. But – do you think we'll get – do you think he's talking about an actual, like, premier wide receiver, or do you think he's just talking about, like, a Michael Gallup or Christian Kirk type guy? I think uh, we're going to make a big play for Amari Cooper or Allen Robinson. We're going to we're gonna make a hefty push at that wide receiver play, and then I bet we're going to try to get one in the second round or the third round. That's my guess on how the Lions play this out. I think Brad Holmes trusts his ability to draft receivers later. And that's what we're gonna. That's how we're gonna play this one out. I could be wrong. I kind of hope I'm a little bit wrong. I don't know if we need to do that. But Amari Cooper or Allen Robinson to the Lions would be a phenomenal. One hundred percent. So, Nick, let's just start off now. Each week, I'm gonna bring this up now. We're gonna do a little combine session. Break it down each piece of the combine. So, who are some of the wide receivers? Give me a couple that just blew you away. Did not blow you away. Took took them off your radar or what? So Nick, Traylon Burks, Drake London, any of those guys stick out to you? No. Neither of those two guys. Um, I would say that Chris Olave and Christian Watson. Christian Watson, far and above That's everyone else. Uh, biggest broad jump, fast as hell, 40, 6'4", biggest hands there. He's got a wingspan like Calvin Johnson. Just because he went to North Dakota State or whatever it was doesn't scare me. Go get him. I saw him at the Senior Bowl. He is a beast. I promise you. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, both ran really well for the Ohio State because screw Ohio State, but Olave is a good fit. Yeah, Watson is a monster. And put him with Amon Ra, that would be really interesting, in which these are two different, superb, talented wide receivers. And it's almost like either or can beat you. So – you can't put your premier cornerback on one. You kind of just got to go with the flow, so to speak. So, Julius, 
little combine talk. Any of the big wide receivers or, or you know, no-name wide receivers stick out to you? I mean, there was a few. This is a, still a deep wide receiver class, and Christian Watson is looking nice and like he's going to be just sitting there waiting for us at 32. Um, and I agree with everything Nick said about him. He's big. He's fast. He, he has hands. He has a good route running. I mean, the guy might be legit. I hope he doesn't get picked before we get to him, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, kind of no names. You know, uh, Kevin Austin from Notre Dame had a good combo. There's a lot of names. Actually, George Pickens from Georgia, he ran a 4-4. I mean, nobody – people were – they were they were expecting him running like 4-8, like he was just going to be some big gump on the field. No, nah, he had some athleticism. So, I mean, it's the reason he was ranked so highly out of high school. I mean, he didn't have a – a crazy college breakout season with Georgia per se, but he could be a guy that could develop into something. He's a guy that just seems like a dog. I saw him going to be there in the third, fourth round. Him just bullying dudes off the line, just toss them down. We know he got suspended in college for throwing punches and squirted a water bottle on a dude's face when he was on the sidelines. So this guy's kind of like a a bad boy. And he almost gives me the Detroit versus everybody ring to him. One more, one more name people might not be aware of is Isaiah Weston, the wide receiver from Northern Iowa. He is like the he's like the Christian Watson nobody's talking about. Pretty much, he's big, he's fast. He had a great combine, amazing combine. He even did twenty reps bench press, which is absolutely strong. It's like Debo Samuel level, even though he's way bigger than Debo Samuel. He's not built like a running, but. You get my gist. There's also a wide receiver from Kansas. His name escapes me, but I'll bring him up again. Just remember a wide receiver from Kansas. He might go and draft it, but he was um, – there's a, there's a lot of names. There's This is a deep wide receiver class. I'm excited about it. And Yeah, 100%. And I will say, we're starting to see a lot – the combine kind of helped out the Lions in which we're going to see someone fall to 32 or 34. And by that, I mean there was just too many stud defensive players or just all sorts of other players that performed well at the combine that is just going to push the need for wide receiver down. We saw all the Georgia defensive linemen. They likely raised their stock, you know, a few to more picks. So it wouldn't shock me if we saw, I know you get, you don't like Nick, but just put, for example, it wouldn't shock me if like a Drake London or Traylon Burks fell 32. And I know a lot of people are seeing mocks of him going in like the top 15, but Things get crazy when uh, when quarterbacks come to play. I could see, you know, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett going inside the top 20. You just – you never know, and especially with these pro days coming up. So it's going to get interesting. And Jordan Davis at two. Jordan Davis at two. <laughs> hey, man, he was a guy um, – I, I, we I was talking about Jordan Davis That's at 32 <laughs> on Woodward Sports we went on there that morning. Oh, man, and now that's up. So How would you guys feel real quick? With the second overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Jordan Davis, defensive tackle, Georgia. See, I, I would you be mad? I wouldn't be mad because I trust Brad Holmes. <laughs> but you'll be worried. I would be worried and a little <laughs> head scratching. You know, I, I would be a little thrown off by it because we did just get a lean last year and he played pretty well. But to have two big boys on the interior of your defensive line like that, I don't ever see Dalvin Cook, David Montgomery, Aaron Jones running up the middle once on us. 
So, although it would be a head scratcher, Jordan Davis at two would be a tad bit interesting. Nick, I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet uh, from a random Lions fan on Twitter that said Jordan Davis on the Lions defensive line would turn Jalen Reese Maven into Teddy Bruschi. Now, I don't know. I thought about that tweet. Like, what does that mean? Does does that mean the just Jordan Davis presence alone is that valuable? I, it's worth maybe worth a shot. It, you know, there's some knocks on him, but realistically, he does have he has a high motor. Um, he has a real high NFL IQ, and he was so like he he dropped 20 pounds right before this. Ran a crazy good what 4.8 like 4.758. Yeah, yeah, just dirty. Jerry Rice ran a 4.71. <laughs> like, but realistically, these defense tackles ain't sprinting 40 yards. So I my 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 change of these my, just a defense tackle who can run 40 yards really fast doesn't do much to me. Yeah. Now they they used to take him out. Georgia would take him out on third downs. They would take him out on third downs because he was so gassed after the first two downs that he couldn't handle that third down. He can't get pressure to the quarterback is what they say. He's a run stopper only. And, yeah, that would be great. We would love that. It would be kind of a head scratch because of the defensive tackles that we went after last year. And, but if if he fell to 32 and we were sitting there on the clock and we drafted him, I would be happy. I would just expect – he's not in a dominant suit. He will not finish his rookie year with 10 and a half sacks, like, at all. Like that He's will more, not he gives me more Vince Wilfork vibes. That's exactly. A, a, a more athletic Vince Wilfork. Yeah. Because believe Will Fork, Vince Wilfork. He could Wilfork was one of a kind. He's one of a kind. It's exactly. hard to find. And that's why I kind of say kind of because that dude, yeah. <laughs> he has the potential to be a Vince Wilfork, though, in which he's a, a absolute space eater that frees room for the linebackers behind him to just tackle everything. All right, boys, let's transition into some free agent talk. We got defensive linemen and linebackers. There's a couple names for the Lions to keep or let go. And one of them, that's a big one, and it's Charles Harris. He's free agent this year. He was our one of our, if not the best signing of the year, had eight sacks last year, absolutely took over when uh, Aquara went down, played phenomenal, played the most snaps out of any defensive end free agent right now. And all in all, this guy was a first-round bust who completely turned his career around with the Lions. So if we're looking to re-sign or sign an edge rusher to go along with maybe we draft Hutch or Thibodeau, whoever, do you guys think we should give, you know, pay up for Charles Harris? Or do you think we should only look for that, you know, discount slash reasonable deal? Julius, you want to kick us off? Sure. Discount slash reasonable deal because after if we resign Charles Harris, there's going to come a point where you know start coming into question should we even draft our edge because it's kind of crowded out here with Romeo, both four cores. You got Charles Harris. I mean, you 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 think about drafting somebody, you know, uh, Trey Flowers is still on the roster. I mean, something's going to have to give, okay. And Charles Harris for above value contract might be. Not what I'm looking for. Yeah, I don't know what spot track. They didn't have him as uh they didn't give a, a number seven on seven or him. eight million, I believe. Yeah, yeah. it's eight point eight point six million. Okay. That's so <laughs> if we we're gonna re-sign him, we'll say it'd be around nine million to re-sign him. Roby signed, we signed we re-signed Romeo Okora for more than that. 
and what's Romeo Cora and like they're the same age, right? Harris might be a year older. Yeah, uh, they're pretty close, I would say. Uh, Charles Harris is 27 years old. If we want to sign three years for 37 mil, like we gave Romeo Cora, that's too much. If we want to sign him three years for 27 mil, I'm on board. And you can never have too many edge rushers, in my opinion. So bring him on, bring Aiden Hutchinson in, whoever it is. I'm almost starting to feel like Aiden's going first. We we might not be getting the edge rusher in the first first pick. It's really starting to move to that Kyle they Hamilton. They just needle. franchise tag Cam Robinson. The Jaguars did. So there was a lot of discussion. They might take Evan Neal or that Akim Aquanu dude from wherever. Evan uh, Evan O'Neill's probably or Evan Neal's probably going to be the first overall pick, but man, Aiden looked good at the combine. Like, I don't know if I was the team, I don't know how I'm passing on him. Well, the one thing we got going for us is they have Josh Allen, not the passer, the defensive end, who is actually a stud. Who yep. the Lions were this close to getting? We every mock in the world, I saw Hawkinson going to the Jaguars and Josh Allen going to the Lions, and it flip flopped. So. Hawkinson, I'll take, but probably would have taken Josh Allen. Um, but let's move on. Charles Harris, I agree. I think um, to pay up, I probably wouldn't because there's a lot of good edge rushers. And even if we don't get Hutchinson at two, there's still some solid ones. We could take at, you know, 32, 34, um, the third round, fourth round, whatever. So, it's interesting. Um, the other guy we have an option to keep or move on from, that's Nick Williams. He was a guy who wasn't a huge role player, but made a couple big plays. He had one big sack against the Bears, um, a couple other nice plays, a, a solid role player, I would say. Just a guy that feels like is a good fit for our chemistry. So, Nick, is Nick Williams a guy you would like to keep around on you know, a solid deal? It's powerful name. But he's not too powerful of a player, in my opinion. I'm okay with letting him go. Bring in the next. That was a Bob Quinn edition, Matt Patricia edition. Um, I'm. I don't. I don't need it. Yeah, and I believe he is a little bit older too. But um, either or, if we did end up keeping him for some cheap, I wouldn't be like, oh, we needed to sign someone else. But all in all, I'm with you, Nick. Uh, Julius, are you with Nick? I am with Nick. If you want to re-sign Nick Williams, then you need to cut Levi Orzawerke because that's exactly who we want Nick Williams. That's who exactly who we want Levi to be to be be better than, you know, and take that role that Nick Williams had. You know, Nick Williams was decent, but he, he had some injury issues. Yeah. Bye. See you later. Deuces. See, now one guy who not defensive end, but defensive lineman who a little bit older, but it totally just fits the, not dream scenario, but like comeback scenario. And that's Ndamukong Sue returns to the Detroit Lions for his final year of his career. He's got his ring. He's got all his sacks and stats. Now he can come back to Detroit, teach Aline McNeil a few tricks, teach Levi Anzawerke a few tricks, and ultimately help the Lions get off to this new fresh start we have. And we've seen Sue, his personality and just like the person he's become has completely changed. He is not this evil, nasty villain anymore. He's, he's like a nice guy that takes, you know, young players under their wings and he's gotten a great rep for Tampa Bay. So if we want to give Sue a little one year veteran deal, or maybe a little bit more, 
I'm all for it. He is 35 years old, so he's he's pretty old. But just for a veteran presence on the team, I like it. Nick, what's what's his market value? I it's it's, it's gonna be like 10 million. I would not sign him. For that, no, no, it'll it'll be cheaper than that. It yeah. all depends. I, I'm not against bringing him home. I'm not against it. He did. He's not like one of those guys that like I have fond memories of. My memories of Nadamikins too is him like stomping on the Rodgers and kicking Shaman the testicles. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't really have that many fond memories of him getting suspended for a game. I'm pretty like, oh yeah, when he stomped that run. Like, I just, I don't know. But I guess yeah, he. I mean, he has changed the corner, and if he wants to come teach, I'm okay with that. And I will also say. Nagam Kitsu, number two overall pick. Lions have number two overall pick this year. Oh, could be a coincidence. But uh, as of right now, Sue got a $6.8 million deal. Uh, it was just a straight-up fully guaranteed signing bonus from the Tampa Bay Bucks last year. So can't imagine it'll be more than that. It'll probably be like five to six, I would say. So, Julius? No. I don't want Sue back for no amount of money. Yeah. Is he just gonna mess? He's just gonna mess with the plan. He's gonna mess with the plan. Let him go somewhere where he can maybe win a Super Bowl, wherever he wants to chase that at. We didn't see him afterwards. Plus, I got honestly, I got a little vendetta against Nadamika Sue because where was Nadamika Sue all those years? He was suffering amongst the worst defenses in the league with Bob Quinn built uh, front sevens. Uh, he wasn't there for us. We watched him succeed elsewhere. So like. You know, I don't blame him for leaving. I mean, when he left, I mean, he was going to get a lot of offered a lot of money in other places. I mean, we really couldn't afford it at that point with Stafford's contract. But I, I'm not about to just, you know, take a little chunk of the cap space to bring him back for one year when it's not beneficial to the overall roster. Now, if we took Jordan Davis, we got Jordan Davis that picked. Actually, well, you can't really work out because free agents come before the draft. So uh, X that plan, but if, if Brad Holmes was in love with Jordan Davis, I could see a scenario of him getting a old man, Jordan Davis. <laughs> that would be crazy if he would spend the three picks of his, you know, three of his top, you know, four picks, five picks overall as a Lions tenure as defensive tackles. Like, that'd be crazy. He can't draft Jordan Davis. Like, we just, that's just not. We have so many positions we need to fill, and that is not one of them. Why would we? I can't. I wouldn't. I'd be pretty upset. <laughs> Agreed. Um, but the Lions, we did make a little splash with bringing Charles Harris last year. So would you guys be open to doing something similar like that, where we not so much go out after like a, a first-round boss, but maybe just like a low-key guy or someone who's slowly turned their you know career around? And here's a couple names. Arden Key. And for the familiar name, you guys might remember, he was like a fifth or sixth round pick to the Raiders. He was a like first, second round talent, big six, seven dude from LSU. But I'm, I'm pretty sure he was cut from the team. He had a lot of bad actions and history go on that dropped his stock and was eventually cut from the Raiders for similar things. He was picked up by the 49ers this year on a like $600,000, $700,000 deal and had seven sacks. Charles Harris had eight sacks. So... Guys like this, it's very interesting. Another guy I'll bring up, Rasheen Green, a third-round pick from Seattle. Uh, the Seahawks have a lot going on right now. They just got Shelby Harris. They might want to keep him. Um, 
Rasheem Green had seven sacks. He hasn't made a million dollars in one season, so he's definitely going to be looking for the bag. And if he's a guy we want to you know, pay up for that we think we could get at a reasonable deal before he really breaks up, I, I wouldn't be opposed. So, Nick, are there any of these guys out there that you know, you'd like to take a risk on like we did Charles Harris? Rasheem Green would be a great sign. Uh, he's probably going to go for a little bit more money than we would like – that I would like to spend – um, one guy that might fly under the radar is Contavious Street from San Francisco. Uh, only played in 350 snaps, but of those had three sacks, five um, tackle for losses. So I like him a lot. Uh, you got to find some of these younger guys that can make be, can be an impact that aren't going to go for a lot of money. Uh, this guy, you know, couldn't couldn't get stay on the field, and for that we might be able to get him at a discount, and that's what we kind of did with Charles Harris. That's what we're going to need to do continuously moving forward. Yeah, and I think it's a good move in which Charles Harris may have been like the first little building block in which Brad Holmes can go, hey, you see Charles Harris? He just made $8 million after his career was in the dirt and we revised, revitalized it. So I wouldn't be opposed. Julius, you got any of these guys in mind? I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of little names. I mean – Jaron Reed is interesting, you know, Jaron Reed, depending on, you know, what the price of it is, how he would meld with what we already have. That's a big one. Um, John Hankins, Sheldon Richardson. I mean, we'll see what's in the mind of Brad Holmes. What's the plan on defense uh, with Aaron Glenn and those guys. But next week we'll see, you know. We will. It's coming. I can't wait. (laughs) William Goldston, Detroiter, Detroit Southeastern. He's also another name, you know, on that line, defensive line, especially if we want to play more of a 4-3. He, he's built for that. At built a cheap for price. tough. Yeah. Most definitely. Built for <laughs> tough. Straight from the D. Um, so outside of, you know, these guys, we also do have a lot of veteran defensive ends. And by a lot, I mean a lot in which there's like Genevieve Clowney, Emmanuel Agba, Mario Addison, Akeem Hicks. So out of any of these veterans, would you guys be, you know, opposed or on board with going out and getting a, you know, a veteran if it's at a reasonable deal or cheap deal? Because obviously we're not going to pay up for someone old. So back to you, Nick. Do you think we should make make a play like that, or do you think we should make a riskier play on like a Charles Harris type guy that we were just talking about? If we're going to spend our money big, I'm okay with taking chances at the edge rusher position if we still address it at, in the draft. If we get someone for one or two years um, at maybe a little bit higher of a price, I'm okay with that. I, I really am. I'm not too mad. I would prefer it to be in the safety or linebacker position, but there's worse positions to spend it on. So I'm, I'm if, if it ultimately comes down to that, yeah, if we want to go get Calais Campbell, or or Jadavian Clowney, like I would be, I'd, I'd probably buy a Jadavian Clowney jersey. Like I mean, I don't know. It would, it would be pretty fun just to see a splash. But we all we got that we got all those feelings with Bob Quinn, and I'm almost ready just to run under the radar, not even be mentioned in day one signings, and, unless it's Marcus Williams. Go get Marcus Williams. Other than that, we just sign nothing but depth players and go draft our starters. I agree. I agree. Julius, any old veterans that stick out to you? 
I mentioned before the show to you guys that this position group, the defensive line, not or just the front seven in general, really, but linebackers, edges, I'd rather build through the draft. And I feel like they've already started that and they need to continue on that on that path. So a lot of these veteran guys, it will have to make sense to us all for them to spend any inordinate amount of more money on a few of these names. I mean, what I, like you said, what, what was the guy you say you wouldn't be upset with, Nick? Jadavian Clowney. Jadavian, yeah. Calais Campbell. I would be upset if we gave each of those guys eight or more million well, dollars. I'll say, Clowney's oh, still a little bit younger. Calais Campbell's like. Calais Campbell, I think Clowney is 29. Yeah. About yeah, time. Clowney, I guess. Calais Campbell, I wouldn't mind too much, but realistically, if we're signing Calais Campbell, I kind of want to be on our coaching staff. You know what I mean? Like, he's old enough to be on our coaching staff. But Jadavian Clowney, he would, I would be all right with throwing him like 10. Thirteen million dollars I mean, and try to run team to run like a coach player, where like he didn't didn't play, but man, if we we need him, he'll, he'll suit up and get in there. You know, like if if another COVID spike breaks out or something. Emmanuel Ogba from Miami. Yeah, he's twenty eight, I believe, twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Get him cheap. We can get him cheaper than Clowney. He had a great season with Miami last year, even though he was a late bloomer per se. Uh you know, I I just trying to think like Brad Holmes here. Yeah, Agba had nine sacks, twenty-four QB hits, one forced fumble, so forty-one tackles too. The only person that had more or two guys had more tackles than him that are free agents, and that is uh Charles Harris and Austin Johnson. So definitely a ball hawk type dude. Uh um Agba, he's interesting. He's a guy that I agree, Julius. I, I would like him, but something Bobby just tells that he's going to want a big chunk of change. And right now, Jadavion Clowney, his market cap is 12.7. So the one interesting thing is, would you guys be okay with paying up for Clowney, expecting the Jaguars to take Hutchinson and taking either Kyle Hamilton at two, Malik Willis at two maybe, or just someone else. And I guess, yeah, what's thoughts? Yeah, I'm okay with signing Clowney, and I'm okay with doing that, and drafting Aiden Hutchinson or drafting Kyle Hamilton or Malik Willis. I've been preaching for a while now that Malik Willis needs to be our number two pick. Um, I, I think he's he's the game changer. He's what can propel our, our team. Aiden Hutchinson, just like Chase Young with Washington, is not going to win them games. He doesn't – Chase Young does not win you games. I'm sorry. That's not going to happen. He'll keep you in games. He'll he'll limit the other team to maybe well, – I will say he didn't really play all last year, and he just has his rookie year to go off of, so. I mean, like, well, ultimately – Yes, I, there's no way. That's not what's going to like, – go ask Nick Bosa how many how many Super Bowl rings he has. Sure, so he's been there. Go ask Joy Bosa how many rings he has. How many How many J.J. Watt have? Like, these don't – they don't win you championships. They don't. They make splash, splash plays. They make sacks. But even in even in the biggest moments, it's not the big. It's not your biggest player that's paid coming through on defense, right? It's it's the playmaker. It's that guy you drafted in the fourth round. Don't try to tell me that drafting a defensive end is going to give us a better chance in three years to win a Super Bowl. That's asinine. 
That's dumb. Malik Willis is a, 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 a chance at least, and he may be a, a Rodney Pete bust. But it's it's ridiculous to sit and be afraid of what happened 30 years ago, what happened 20 years ago with Joey Harrington. It, don't be afraid of that. Just go draft the guy that actually gives you a chance for the Super Bowl. I don't even know a question was originally asked, but this is my reason why Malik Willis needs to be number two because it's ridiculous. I don't know what we're talking Nick, about. Nick, Nick, real quick, Nick. That was an epic rant right there about Malik Willis. Now I know where you stand. Now I know where you stand. And no, you cannot tell other Lions fans like me, like Adam, to not be scared of Joey Harrington and Rodney Pete, okay? Because I am scared of them, okay? I am scared of repeating that. Because if we draft Malik Willis and Aiden Hutchinson is the next J.J. Watt, I don't care if he isn't winning winning his team Super Bowls. I don't care if he's a Pro Bowl defensive end. He's a game changer. And Malik Willis is average at best. I'm going to be sad. But this is the thing. I want everything you want out of Malik Willis because I do believe he has some something to give. It just got to be – it got to be that Brad Holmes just knows that he that this is the guy. Okay? There cannot be a slither of a doubt if that's something that we do. He has to come to the mic and be like, Malik Willis is our guy. He's the future of the Lions franchise. He's going to lead us to the promised land. If he says anything less, it was a waste of a pick. Yep. Because I that's what you got to believe in your heart to draft a guy that high. Yep. Jared Goff will lead us through 2022. He will not be our quarterback the year after. Malik Willis will be our quarterback through the future. We'll give him one year to sit, prepare, learn, learn the game, have it slow down, and then and let's play. Boys, we can very well see a Joe Flacco. Lamar Jackson situation where granted, you know, they got Lamar Jackson a little bit later, so they didn't have to rush him in. But even if we did take Malik Willis, I don't think he would be number two. I don't think he would be the day one star unless he just looked insane. Trey Lance in San Francisco, Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. And realistically, what are we fighting for this year? I mean, I I mean, honestly, in my opinion, I think the Lions can make the playoffs this year. So I hope they do too. But like, let Goff do it. Let let Goff have one more year. This is it. You know what I mean? Lead us to the playoffs? Cool. You're out. Link Willis is in. Let's run. I agree. And I honestly think Goff last year was kind of just, you know, coasting through, going through the motions because he knew he was going to be there for two years. Now this year, I can guarantee you someone saying, look, buddy, if you flame out, your NFL career could be done. And at least he's get chances as a as a backup, but yeah, he, he'll he'll get back at once. But quick question, quick question to you guys before we end the free this free agency uh, part with the with these with these positions, edge and linebacker. Would you be upset if instead of paying Javion Clowney or Emmanuel Oba nine or ten million dollars a year, if they paid Anthony Barr or Anthony Hitchens? Nine or ten million dollars a year to play linebacker for us? No, Anthony. Anthony, wait, wasn't he the one who had the Eric Ebron penalty? Uh, he may be. Yeah, he's from, he's from the Chiefs. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. He, I, he, I don't want him because of that. He's not allowed on my team. Um, no, the played well for Kansas City though the last couple seasons. Yeah, I'm all right with either of them. We need to get another yeah, linebacker like Anzalone. Yeah, I don't want Hitchens. <laughs> I don't want Hitchens either, but I'm I am intrigued by Barr, except for the injuries. Anthony, yeah, that I would definitely take Anthony Barr, uh, especially coming from the Vikings. 
Uh, we've seen Nick Williams came from Chicago and looked pretty good. Um, some of the other. Are you I bringing guess, Jared Davis back? No. <laughs> Hell yeah. no. Oh, wait. Reggie Ragland. Reggie Ragland, I think. Oh, wait. No, that, that was a guy that came to our team already. Yeah, yeah Ragland, he, was he was a chief. Ragland is Patricia era. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was uh, getting my names confused. There's one guy I really liked, and I can't really find him right now. Whoa. Okay, this is crazy. Another day. So, uh, man, I just found a little Lions guy that I want. Okay, so this dude, Foyasade Oluokun, linebacker for the Falcons, played two, almost 300 more snaps than any other free agent linebacker, has more tackles than any other free agent linebacker. I actually know... I know who you're talking about, Adam. You know why I know who you're talking about? Because he wrecked us when we played the Fal- when we played the Falcons. He had a great game against the Lions. And this dude's only 26, about to be 27. His name is hard to pronounce. He was maybe a late round yeah, he's he's undrafted free agent from Yale. So yeah. he's a smart dude. Uh yeah, was getting sixth round money up until last year, in which he got a two million dollar contract. That was his final year, and now he's up for free agency. So he just picked Charles Harris from the Falcons. Why not go to another one? <laughs> run it back. Exactly. Run it back. Uh, but, boys, I think that is going to do it for this episode today. We are going to be talking a little, little bits and pieces of Combine throughout these episodes coming forward. Uh, so we're likely not going to get a big old Combine episode until closer to the draft. But we'll do bits and pieces likely next week. Uh Malik Willis was getting me. I was getting riled up, Nick. I'm getting ready to – he got me on the Malik Willis train. So might have to dive into quarterbacks next week. But all in all, you guys can check us out on Twitter at HonoluluBlues underscore. Give us a like and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube if you guys are watching live. Uh, We love all the comments, all that good stuff. And if you guys are trying to win Barry Sanders jersey, we got a Barry Sanders possible giveaway going on. If we can hit the mark, we'll get a Barry Sanders jersey giveaway. So check our pin tweet for that. And as always, check us out individually, myself at Everyday FFB. Check out Nick at Nick Faber NFL and Julius, of course, at the fifth top. So, boys, good episode. I'm ready to Great go episode. watch some. It's watch wings now. The Pistons play or the Wings play? We usually wings have one of the right. other plays. Wings play, oh, go Wings, best. go Stones. And go line. And maybe, nope. we get a, maybe we get the a red wings coming up. The, the a, tigers. There's a minute yeah. to go in the second second period of the Red Wings game. They're only down five to one, so we're still in it, boys. Hey. There's still a chance. Time I'll, for bed. Hockey, anything can happen. Man. <laughs> I've, I've seen four zero runs like nothing before. That's right. I got a migraine. The wings are not going to help it tonight. No, they are not. But next year they will. <laughs> Same with the Pistons, same with oh, the Tigers, yeah. same with the Lions. Detroit momentum is great show, fellas. Oh, baby. Getting oh, excited my. for it.